0: If not Jesus, then who? If not Jesus, then who? Maybe there is an alternative. But if not him, then who? Let's find out. Why do we believe in what we believe? Why do we believe what we believe? Why do Christians pray in the name of Jesus? Why does Satan hate the name of Jesus so much? Why? We believe what we believe is true, not because we feel it's true, because everybody who believes in something feels like it's true. So it's, we don't just rely on our feelings to believe that what we believe in is true. We believe because there is empirical evidence. That it's true. In the first century, between the 30s and 60s AD, there was a group of Jews who were proclaiming the message of Jesus, claiming that he was the Christ. Or in their culture, they were waiting for the Messiah. So they were proclaiming that Jesus was their Messiah they were waiting for. But more importantly, They they gave him the attribute of God. They preached that he was God incarnate. So not not only that he was the Messiah, but they also pushed a little bit further and called him God. The Messiah was supposed to come and conquer and, and, and rule. But this one Messiah who came was more than just the Messiah they were expecting for. He became God. It's surprising to hear Jews proclaiming this message because the Jews believed that God could not be a human being. And a human being can never become God. These people were Taught, they were trained since childhood that there is only one God. And suddenly they are proclaiming that this guy we ate with, we spoke to, we walked together, we, we, we journeyed together. He is God. Now put yourself in their shoes. These are people who learned for years that there is only one God and God can never become human. And now they are saying everything against their belief That this guy you saw here is God. Hmm. What changed their mind? What changed their mind to believe that Jesus was God despite the fact that they knew they're going to go through persecution to talk about that to the point of death? Because that was blasphemy. According to the religion in place, that was blasphemy. And blasphemy was uh, like you, you deserved death penalty if you blaspheme in the Jewish culture. So they knew what they were going against. But still they did it. So what convinced them? What convinced them that that guy we just saw, that person there is God? What convinced them? Try to put yourself in their shoes. They believed Jesus was God because of the mystery around his birth. He claimed to be God. He spoke with authority. He did incredible miracles. And above all, he predicted his own death and pulled it off. Death and resurrection and pulled it off. They saw things nobody else has done before. So after he was crucified, he rose from the dead, and the tomb was empty. And the eyewitnesses saw him alive. When they saw all those things, they said, no, this guy must be who he claims to be. So what we know about Jesus, what you and I know about Jesus, is what the disciples taught us. They are the source of what we are talking about. So how do we get to believe what they saw and what they said to be true? How do we get to that conclusion like them to say, hmm, this is true, what these guys are saying. Is it something we just woke up one day and feel like it's true? Or we have empirical evidence, we have evidence that no, what those guys are saying is true. There are two responses two responses to what the disciples say. On one hand, we can say what they are saying is true. We can just believe in what they are saying, isn't it? You can just say, okay, I see like what they are saying is true. On the other hand, we can say, no, what these disciples are saying, what these guys are saying is false. You can say that it's false. But when we get to prove that it's false, it's divided into two. So when we say it's false, now it's divided into two options. One option, it's false because they are lying, and they know they are lying. So they came up with that that fake story, and they crafted it, and they start to talk talk about it, and they know exactly they are lying. So it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Okay, that's that is one option. They know it's false, and they are saying they are telling lies. Another option is. They don't know it's false. Somebody lied to them, okay, or, or it, it was just a legend. You know, legend. There are legends that develops uh, develop around, and people get to believe it as truth, but it's just a legend. So let's look at those two. On one hand, Jesus, the, the disciples of Jesus lied, knowing what they are saying is it's not true. Or on other hand, on the other hand, no, no, they were lied to. <laughs> it was a legend that they were just believed and they just talk about it as if it was true so let's let's test those two theories if they were intentionally lying if they were intentionally lying there's some challenges to that hypothesis There, there are some challenges there the first one is what could be their motive to lie if they came up with that lie Well, let's look at it. What could be their motive to lie? Because when you lie, you you should, normally people lie to get out of trouble, not to get into trouble. You don't know if you're going to get, you try to get out of trouble and you lie. But these people came up with, let's assume that they, they were lying intentionally. They knew they would be viciously persecuted. They knew that. They knew they were going against the establishment by saying those things. Why would someone make up a story that will get their family killed? Why just come up with a story? You know, after I say this, my children can be killed. But I will still say it. If I say this, my parents can get killed. No, no, I will still say it. If I say this, myself I can be killed. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fun, you know. I, I will still say it. People can just come up with a lie, knowing the consequences, and say them, And they know they are going against the establishment. How could they pull off this lie while critics and witnesses were still alive? When I say critics, I mean people who could have gone against it, they were still alive. And witnesses, people who are mentioned in the story, were still alive. They were saying these things and they mixed their story. In their story, they were mentioning people like Pilate is part of it. Caiaphas is part of it. Joseph of Aramathia. Arimathea or Arimathea. that guy was part of the Sanhedrin which is like the supreme court and they're mentioning these people without fear that mentioning these people can get them in trouble but they're mentioning these guys they said okay and Mary is part of it and Mary is still alive another one none of the disciples changed the story under pressure And I mean the people who saw it, not not, not other Christians. You and I can change it under pressure. But those original, the the eyewitnesses, did not change the story under pressure. Look at the things they went through. The only thing we know about Nero is he persecuted the church. We don't know the roads he built. We don't know nothing about him. All that we know about Nero, he persecuted the church. Do you know one of the things Nero did? He burnt Christians alive... Putting oil on them, tie them on poles in Rome, and then burn them as candles in the night for people to see the light. And Romans were having dinner (laughs) outside while people are dying, and that's their light they are using, people's flesh burning. Sorry, it's gross, I know. And that was happening, and the disciples did not change the story. Is it still a lie? No. 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 That was not a lie. They were fed to lions. How can you maintain a lie when your children are going to be fed to lions or your wife or your husband is going to be fed? They did not give up. They still believed it was true. So... I would expect disciples to get to a place where they will say, "Sorry, it was a joke. We made it up. Sorry, we made it up. It was just Peter came with it. Came up with it. (laughs) It was Peter's idea." (laughs) None of them said that. Okay. So the idea that they were intentionally lying does not stand the test. So we are left with the option of lying unintentionally. Because we have seen that they couldn't be just lying intentionally. The pressure was just too much for them to lie intentionally. So now the hypothesis assumes that the story could have been false but the disciples. Where they, they, they were made to believe it was true by someone. But let's look at the legend option. If it was a legend. First of all, legend reinforces a culture. All legends you'll hear about, it reinforces what is going on. It it reinforces the people in power, the king, what is happening already. So they build a legend around what is, not against it. You don't create a legend to go against the government. Legends come to support the government, to support the power, the powerful, to support someone or something that is already in place. But they would not make up a legend that went against the common beliefs and values of social standard of ordinary Jews. For example, Jesus died on the cross. That could not stand the test of a legend. Why? Because that is a curse for the Jews. You can't come up with a legend like that, that this guy is God by he died, he died on the cross. That does not reinforce the culture because for their culture, dying on the cross is being cursed. So if you want your God to be, to be seen as, as a powerful God, you will avoid things like that. You will avoid to say, but, but he died on the cross. Oh, no, 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 no. From the time you say that, he's disqualified to be God. For a Jewish mind, it was unthinkable even to think that the Messiah could have gone on the cross. The, no, no, let alone, no, don't talk about God. Just the Messiah. The one they were waiting for. Could not go on the cross. No. He will come. He will conquer the Romans. He will be in the, in the, in the palace. And, and then suddenly they're saying, no. He was still the Messiah, but he died on the cross. No, he can't. It's like somebody come and say, vote for me. I want to be your prime minister. I want to lead this country. But I'm drug addicted. Like, you know, as you see me here, I... I can't control myself, really. I'm addicted to alcohol so much like I can't control it. I can't stop it, but vote for me. <laughs> if we know somebody's addicted to gambling and stuff like that, we can't vote for them. But they are saying the guy who we claim to be our Messiah, he died on the cross. Together with the thieves and all those guys, he was punished. The second one Jesus claimed to be God. John chapter 14 verse 9. Jesus said to him, "Have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father?" Jesus himself is saying these things. John 10:20. I and the Father are one. Jesus himself is claiming to be God. Jesus said to them, uh, John 8:58, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. That I am is the same language God used toward Moses. G- Jesus is putting himself in the place of God in the eyes of the Jews. And they believed it all these acts were considered blasphemy to the Jews but they still happened so if they were supposed to bring a legend it couldn't have gone against their culture but all these are going against their culture if you can make up a legend that's not how you go about it okay (laughs) let's continue there needed to be more time for legendary development Sorry, we are going somewhere. Just follow me. We are going somewhere. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It took 500 years for some Buddha's followers to believe, to call him God. Because Buddha himself was an atheist. So those who started to follow follow him, they did not believe he was a God. Until 500 years later, some of his followers started to call him a God. You see how legend developed. It takes time. But Jesus started to be, was called God in three days. There was not enough time to build a legend. In three days, yeah, he was God. Yeah, he's God. And we start worshiping him as God in three days. And then another one is the disciples' accounts were written as historical fact. They give you genealogy. Matthew says, this gave birth to this, this one gave birth to this, and this, and then we have Jesus. So they are fact, historical fact. In 1 John 1, 1 to 5. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hand? Okay. You, You can choose to believe this or not. But he's saying, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. This is not a legend. Someone saw heard, touched, and is telling you what they went through. They reference places, people, eyewitnesses, an event that took place simultaneously. When Jesus was on earth, you can check this thing happened and that thing happened at the same time. If John claims to be writing a reliable history, that means the legend, hypothesis and the lie hypothesis do not stand the test therefore we are left with only one option who the story is true the story is true we, we can't say it's a lie because we've seen the proof that no no there's no way they will lie in that on those circumstances <sighs> no it's a legend no it can't be a legend because look at this proof that no no the legend doesn't build like that so we are left with only one choice The story is true. So because the story is true, we can now look at other reasons why Satan is powerless when we mention mention the name Jesus. Because the story is true. Your place in eternity depends on how you respond to the name Jesus. Where do you fit in the story? So... It all started when Jesus, at the beginning, God said to to Satan, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Genesis 3.15. I love that Jesus became a human being. I love that jesus designed the womb of a woman in a way that a child will spend nine months in there without mixing his blood or her blood with the mother's blood i love god i loved how how smart god is he was preparing for something you can check you can ask doctors they will tell you do we have a doctor here who can debunk me (laughs) scientifically the child stays nine months in the womb of a mother without mixing blood. So that's good news. That's good news. Because Jesus came as God to take a human body and stayed in Mary's womb for nine months without mixing blood with Mary. He was safe. You know why? Because if he mixed blood with Mary, he will become fully human will become fully human. And another secret in the story is that God made it happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no father involved. I will say this for those mature people in the room and kids you can just close your ears. (laughs) There is no, it's not, it's scientifically impossible to conceive without the seed from a man. God made sure Joseph does not intervene in the conception of Jesus so that Jesus does not become human. So that Jesus can remain fully God, but also by staying in the womb for nine months, he earned his humanity. So he was fully human. He earned it for nine months. He was fully God, never mixed his blood. God is so smart. I love God. And Jesus comes out. 100% man, 100% God. That's a mystery. But it happened. He was miraculously conceived so that he can fulfill this mission. And becoming a human gave him the right to die for me and for you. Why? Because the right to operate on earth was given to humans. Without this body, you don't have the right to rule over the earth. Spirits don't have the right to rule over the earth. The earth was given by God to humans with the flesh. So for Jesus to operate freely on earth, he needed a body. And he took one. He could not come as a spirit and start doing stuff. That would be illegal in the spiritual realm. Yeah. It would be illegal. Yeah. So he needed to operate within the, 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 the laws of creation. The, the laws made by God himself. And he took on a body. Jesus took on a body to earn the right to claim everything for us. So when Jesus died on the cross... Death made a mistake. I would say Satan made a mistake. Because Jesus took the sin upon himself. Not in himself. He could only stay dead if he was inside a sinner. The sin was upon him, not in him. And that's why he rose again. Satan made a mistake. Because he saw Jesus covered by sin, he said, oh, let's kill him. Let's kill him. Now he's a sinner. Boom, boom, boom. He died. Romans six twenty three, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So death doesn't just come by its own. You need sin to attract death. And Satan made a mistake. So after the death... Satan said, oh, we've messed up, guys. What have we done? This guy should not be dead. We can't keep him down. It's against the law. Jesus said, okay, you made a mistake, so I can claim whatever I want to claim. Legally, Jesus said, Now I will claim whatever I want to claim. First of all, I claim my life back. He came back to life. Secondly, he said, Not only mine, I will include Mike to the list and Christelle to the list. No, and and you. (laughs) And you. (laughs) He claimed all of us. He said, I'm not leaving anyone behind. I will claim their freedom. I will claim everything. I like. Satan, you've made a mistake. I'm not leaving anything to you. I take it all with me. Hallelujah. And Jesus came back to life. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1, 20 to 21. He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens. Far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Every power, every ruler, every spirit. Last week we, talk, we spoke about the uh, spirit, uh, territorial spirits, all of them down. Jesus has been elevated, exalted above all of them Amen. for dying and pulling his resurrection off. Wow. Came back victorious. Paul continues Philippians chapter 2, 6 to 11. Highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Jesus earned it. If not Jesus, then who? Nobody. Nobody else has done this. Nobody else has earned the right to claim freedom. Nobody else has done this for us. Nobody will ever do it again. It will never happen again. And only Jesus has pulled it off. If not Jesus, then nobody. <laughs> then nobody. Nobody. And listen, it's not only the person Jesus who was exalted, but the name Jesus was exalted. Not just the person, the name. Just the name. At the mention of the name Jesus Christ, there is power. Satan starts to tremble. Just the name Jesus shakes him. The name Jesus. Just mentioning Jesus. Satan says, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. What what are you talking about? All sicknesses. You know, every sickness has a name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Every sickness is a name. Some names I don't even understand them. Like they're just... Every medication is a name. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I look the names of medication. what did you come up with this? Yeah, every medication is... Every mountain has a name. Every challenge has a name. Every, every disease, every challenge, every barrier is a name. And God said... Above all these names, I will exalt the name Jesus. Above all the sicknesses, above all challenges, above all mountains in your life, the name of Jesus has been exalted. Your enemies have names. Your neighbor has a name. Your nasty teacher has a name those nasty colleagues and 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 school and schoolmates have a name but the name of jesus has been exalted above their names don't be afraid of people your boss has a name but the name of jesus is above them your business has a name the name of jesus has been exalted above every business above every power every every authority every government the name of jesus has been exalted because of what he did on the cross so this is what you do first thing look up to jesus if you don't look up to jesus who else are you looking up to who if you if if jesus is not your role model if jesus is not your reference if jesus is not the example you follow then who are you following If Jesus is not the person and the name you believe in and you surrender to, then who? Secondly, lean on Jesus. Don't don't just look up to him. Don't don't just revere him and worship him and, and see him as a role model. But depend on him. Depend on Jesus. Run to him. Run to him. Run to Jesus. Trust him. Trust Jesus. In times of confusion, trust him. In times of sadness, trust him. When everything around you looks gray, there's no color in them. Trust Jesus. Oh, there are those moments in life when nothing is colorful. Nothing, nothing. You can look around you see, I don't understand what is going on. Trust Jesus. And the third one, let Jesus fight for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know why we get stressed and, and 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 tired because we are trying to do it on our own. We are trying to fight for ourselves. Let Jesus, let him fight for you. Let Jesus fight for you. When you feel overwhelmed of the enemy's attacks, speak the name of Jesus. I love the song we sang today. Speak the name of Jesus. That's the only remedy you have. Speak the name of Jesus when you are in trouble. When you when you feel pain. When you feel confused. Speak the name of Jesus. Let Him fight for you. Let Jesus fight for you. My wife knows this very well. When when I'm, I'm when, when when I'm I'm scared. Even in the in my sleep, I scream Jesus. Even in my sleep. I don't know how many times I've woke her up. Jesus. 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 It's like, what, what's going on? What's going on? Ah, ah, ah. Bad dream, bad dream, bad dream. Wow. We have many ways of screaming in my country. Some people scream their mothers. Oh, mama, 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 mama. <laughs> I don't scream mother. I scream, I scream, Jesus, Jesus, like Jesus, Jesus. When you feel something is going wrong... Sometimes I do crazy things. I I will speak the name of Jesus seven times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm not saying you should do this. That's my way of releasing my anger or my my fear or my frustration. I just call the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's the only thing the enemy is scared of. That's the only thing he's scared of. Let Jesus fight for you. The name of Jesus is being exalted above every other name, not just on earth, everywhere. So why not use it? God is given as a weapon, unstoppable weapon. So in times of fear, call the name of Jesus. In the night you can't sleep, call the name of Jesus. It's a fight, it's a battle we are in. Call the name of Jesus.